What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Between Two Tackles. I'm your host, Alex Spinelli, and alongside me, as always, is Ray Volo. No Dino tonight, Ray. And, you know, that kind of culminates the season. Dean not being here in the last week of the regular season. I'm feel I'm feeling healthy again. No Dean. <laughs> and hopefully he doesn't turn up anytime soon, but just kidding, Dean. Uh, not really. But yeah, uh, end of the end of college football season for the most part. So last last regular season week, uh, rivalry week. So see how this one goes. It's gonna be stressful yeah. overall. Yeah. I know you're really looking forward to uh, Penn State, Michigan State. Big rivalry. Oh, the the biggest. <laughs> All right. Before we get into um, some game previews, today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Uh, we are going to slightly do game previews, but we're more looking at draft prospects from some very interesting matchups as we head towards the 2024 NFL draft. So a lot of prospects to get through in four games. But before we do that, Right, obviously, this is the last week of the season, so conference championships are coming up. I just want to take a look at some odds for each of the conferences um, for the national championship. Right now, on BovadaSportsbook.com, Georgia is the favorite to win the national championship at plus 240. Michigan is right behind them, plus 260. Ohio State is plus 550. Oregon is plus 600. Alabama is plus 700. Washington is plus 1,400, as well as Texas. And then Florida State rounds us out at plus 3,000. Um, what kind of stands out to you just w- between those teams right now? I mean, I'm just – I'm kind of surprised by the – I guess the jump between Michigan and Ohio State and the odds to win the national championship just because I'm pretty sure the line that – like it's between two and four this week. So – and if they lose this game, the odds of them making the playoffs in general are just like – I feel like pretty low. So I'm surprised that they're only what were they, what were they like 30 points behind Georgia? I thought that mm-hmm. was a little surprising. Uh, I do love how Oregon's in that fourth in that fourth spot because I do think Oregon's a dangerous fucking team. I've been saying it all year. Uh, that Pac-12 championship game is gonna be really fun to watch. Hopefully, yeah. I think the really interesting scenario people are starting to talk about with um, the conference championship is if Alabama wins, yeah. If Oregon wins, if Texas wins. Let's say Florida State wins, they're undefeated, and then you pick your Big Ten winner. You'd have one of the Big Ten teams being undefeated. Florida State would be undefeated. And then Georgia, Alabama, Washington, Oregon, Texas would all be 11-1. and Be wild for the committee to try to roll through that. And Florida State would obviously be undefeated without Jordan Travis. So that has to play a little bit of a factor in in their decision. and as we're recording this too, they just came, the uh, latest rankings just came out, and Florida State dropped to five. So, I is that was that taken into account? You probably assume so a little bit, right? Right. I think it has to. But, be. How, but if you're undefeated ACC championship game, you I mean I know they're your dark horse, but they gotta get in, right? <laughs> I don't know. I think it really depends That's on so, how these other games fall. It'd be that, so unfair, but so disrespectful to the rest of the is. fucking team. It is. I, either either way, Dylan guarantees Florida is going to win this week, so it doesn't even matter. All right, we'll, <laughs> we'll put that up. Um, you mentioned Oregon, massive game for them this week with Washington already in the conference championship, but Oregon minus 200 on Bovada to win the conference. I think that's really interesting with them a game behind um, the Big that's 12. Crazy. Yeah, right? This, this, is, this is like a fucking – I think this is – I think the spread was like 10 for this Oregon State game, if I remember uh, I have correctly. 13 and a half right now. That's crazy. I mean, I yeah. know Oregon, they, Vegas respects Oregon, man. They really do. They really do. I mean, they've been playing great the last well, they should, I, And look, 
let's be real. They should have won that Washington game. Agreed. That, going for that on that fourth down, I still think that was a, one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. Agreed. And I assume on a neutral site that they're probably three and a half plus you favorites think? against Washington. I think it's probably going to be within that personally. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Be interesting. Um, the Big 12 is also up for grabs. It looks like Texas is going to get one of the spots. Um, but three teams are six and two in the conference. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Kansas. Oklahoma State holds the tiebreaker over both Oklahoma and Kansas State. Texas is minus 215 on Bovada to win the conference. And Oklahoma State is plus 260. Any value there with Oklahoma State? Oh, I guess there has to be some if you think about it, just because – I mean, Texas, Quinn Ewers is done, right? He's not going to be coming back for that game. So, done. yeah, I mean, I think just in that regard alone, it's got, it's probably got to be a little bit, a little bit of value there. Yeah. Oklahoma State's been playing great as of late. Gundy's uh, just, Gundy's such a top tier coach, man. He doesn't get enough respect. Yeah. That was my big lock of the, uh, the college football preview that we did at the beginning of the season over six and a half. I mean, ridiculous line. I'm pretty sure I had them as a dark horse to win uh, the Big 12, if I remember nice. correctly. Nice. Love that. Love that. Um, Obviously, biggest game of the week, which we will get to, Ohio State, Michigan, looking to play Iowa in the Big Ten Championship. Michigan is minus 170 to win the conference, and Ohio State is plus 140 on Bovada. Really interesting because um, Ohio State's also plus 140 to win the Big Ten Championship. So it's, it's actually really funny. Like, they're plus 140 to win this game. Oh, okay. But they're also plus 140 to win the conference. So the Vegas basically saying that game against Iowa just is basically shouldn't even happen. Yeah. It's, that's, that's just, I mean, it's hard to blame them, right? Yeah. It's a little disrespectful. <laughs> that's bulletin board material. It's pretty sure. disrespectful. <laughs> Iowa's offense is just so anemic, especially because Iowa's been a ranked team for basically the entire season. <laughs> so funny. Um, and then the ACC and SEC are already wrapped up. Florida State and Louisville for the ACC and Georgia, Alabama for the SEC. I cannot wait for that SEC championship game. It's going to be awesome. Alabama's yeah. playing some of their best football right now. I still think Georgia's going to wash them personally. I don't trust Milro as far as I could throw them. But uh, interesting, what's what's the Florida State line to win the conference? Do you have that or no? Um, I can get that very, very quickly. I'm curious to see if they're going to be uh, – if like how much – like minus they're going to be because I kind of love taking Louisville. Florida State to win the conference is wow. Bovada doesn't even have a lineup right now. That's very interesting. That's I feel like that just tells you all you need to know, right? They don't want any action on that shit no, right now. They don't. I think they really want to see how. Uh, what's the guy's name? Tate Ro- Roadmaker Roadmire. I just I don't even Their know backup. his name. I just I remember he's the guy who makes the TikTok videos. That's all I know. <laughs> Tough luck. <laughs> if well, that's one thing we can take away, makes great TikToks. All right, right. Let's get into the, some of these games. Uh, let's talk some prospects. First game we got on tap is number eleven Oregon State going to number six Oregon. Like I said, Oregon a thirteen and a half point favorite on Bovada right now. Talk to me about some prospects uh, for Oregon State. Or Oregon, pick your pick your flavor. I mean, I feel like just in this game, the prospect you have to start with just is Talise Fuaga, just because of his like astronomical rise in this this season. I see a lot of people think he's going to be like a top fifteen pick right now. So uh, I think just and also just the fact that it's a strength versus strength matchup. People rave about his run blocking. 
Uh, and Oregon State's run defense is top 10. I'm pretty sure they're top 20 in sacks as well. And I'm, the real matchup I'm really looking forward to is Brandon Dorless versus him because I'm a big Dorless guy. I feel like I've been talking about him since the preseason. I love his versatility uh, inside, outside too. So I just think that's going to be a big matchup. And if you can, if he can show out during this game, I think that would really help cement him as that a top 15, top 20 lock and then get, get him into the conversation of the top three offensive tackles. Uh, and then on the other side of the ball, uh, the other edge rusher I'm really looking forward to seeing is uh, Andrew Chatfield Jr. Uh, for o- Oklahoma, for Oregon State, rather. Sorry. Uh, I think this this Oregon offense has allowed the least amount of sacks in the country. I think they're I think they've only allowed five, if I'm not mistaken. And Bo Nix is just sh- extremely, extremely elusive in the pocket. Really tough to sack given those given that statistic. And this Chatfield kid really came on this season. He's got nine sacks, leading the team. Uh, transfer from Florida too. So he's, I think he's a redshirt senior. So he's a hundred percent coming out. I think getting that double digit sack in this game could really help cement him as a, uh, a definitely a draftable player. Yeah. Like that. Um, you mentioned Fuaga, obviously been rising up draft boards, his counterpart on the other side, Joshua Gray has also played some good football as another good run blocker. Um, we'll be looking out for him too. Cause along with Doralis, for Oregon, Jordan Birch, who hasn't had the greatest season, but he is a physical specimen. He's 6'6", 290, and plays a lot outside. They have these big edges for Oregon with Doralis and, and Birch. So needs to work on his pass rush plan, but really good against the run. So be curious to see what he does against that Oregon State offense. Um, some other guys for Oregon, obviously, you mentioned Bo Nix. Um, Troy Franklin, who's a massive wide receiver prospect that you love. Bucky Irving is having one of the best seasons of any running back in the country. 4.13 yards after contact and 56 missed tackles force this year for a player that's 190 pounds. That's excellent. Speaking about Bucky Irving, I think before, I'm not sure. I think I missed the running back episode, but one of, I had him in my notes. The one thing I wanted to see from him is get a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger through contract because his elusiveness really jumped off the tape. I thought before the season he'd be like a third down specialist in the NFL, which still may be his, uh, I guess, his future role. But like you said, that that yard at the context stat is really impressive, and he's been putting up massive numbers this year. So I think his stock is way up, and when it comes to the running back position. As soon as your stock goes up, you get out of school as, as fast as you fucking can because yep. the shelf life on that position is obviously uh, what it is. Right. He'll be running behind a really good offensive line. Jackson Powers Johnson, their center, has been awesome this year. Um, a Johnny Cornelius, who's a transfer from Rhode Island, is the right tackle. Allowed zero sacks this year. He does have nine penalties, had 10 last year. Um, so got to clean that stuff up, but he's really good mover. He's got he, he was someone I heard about uh... – before the season too, because Ohio State was in on him to try to get his services, but they say he's like a freak. Yeah, he's a massive and just a really good mover for his size too. Right. Uh, just one more guy that I want to mention: Oregon State safety, um, Kitan Oladapo. He's a fifth-year player. Um, instinctual. He's got good size too. Six-two, two-seventeen. Made a really nice play last week against Washington, running down uh, Dylan Johnson to force a fumble. So he was a he was an honorable mention, uh, all Pac-12 his sophomore year, and then was all Pac-12 last year. He'll probably be like a core special teamer. He's a guy who plays really hard, so um, just another guy to look out for. Yeah, there's a ton in this game. Big Pac-12 man for the what a what a uh, finale for them. They're done, but it's sad. God damn, they put up some fucking good uh, good football this year. I mean, I think they've probably been the best conference all season, top to bottom, right? For sure. 
Sad. All right. Let's move on to uh, game of the week, game of the year. Um, Ohio State, Michigan. Ugh. Michigan is a three-point favorite right now on Bovada. Um, I'll jump in here w- with some prospects. Obviously, everybody knows the big names for Ohio State, especially on offense. Marvin Harrison, Abuka, Henderson. Uh, I think Stover is going to be really important in this game. I'm really looking at Donovan Jackson. I think he needs to be key in this game. Michigan's got a great front, um, especially with Chris Jenkins. So I think he needs to be huge. Um, and then for for Michigan's offense, J.J. McCarthy, obviously, is going to be nitpicked a ton this game. They haven't really played anybody. So this is a massive game for him in terms of his draft stock, whether he he even comes out or not. I think this is going to be a big game for him. The running backs with Corum and Edwards are important, um, but I'm also looking at Zach Zinter, the guard for for Michigan, who's going to have his hands full with uh, with all the edges that they ha- with all the guys that they have. JT Sawyer, Tyleek, Michael Hall. He's going to have to have a big game. So I mean, you that that's right there. That was the number one matchup. I think I've been focusing on in this game. I think it's Zach Zinter and then Trevor Keegan on the other side of that offensive line in the interior versus Tyleek Williams, Mike Hall, Ty Hamilton. Just I think. I feel like we both probably agree with this. I think there's going to be a ground, ground and pound physical fucking football game. I've been saying yep. for weeks, I think there's going to be a brawl in this game. I think <laughs> it's going to be old school. And I think that's the matchup where if Ohio State wants to win, those big boys up front and on the interior are going to have to play the game of their lives. Uh, we talk about Tyreek Williams, I feel like, all year, but that he's one of my biggest risers, I think, all season. I think he's pretty much cemented himself as a uh, day two pick so far. And my call, though he's been disappointing, he's the type of player where he can show up and he can make a, a massive, massive impact to help win them this game. In particular, down the stretch, I think, in the second half and fourth quarter, maybe when J.J. McCarthy gets a little bit more pressure put on him to throw the ball, I think Mike Hall's going to have to come up big just because of his explosiveness off the line and just ability to jump those gaps. Yeah, I completely agree. I think when this game opened up, what was the over-under was like 56 and a half, and we were all like way, way under. I don't even know how authentic that was. I saw that on the Sports Action app, and I was like, dude, this can't be right. And then it just, then when like the lines actually came out for the week, it was at 46 and a half, which seems yeah. – I, I, I think I'm still going to take the under, but it's obviously a lot more realistic. Right. Uh, just a couple other guys for Ohio State. Denzel Burke also going to have to have a big game. I think Ohio State's going to load that box – um, so he'll be one-on-one with Roman Wilson. That's, a lot. An, that's another matchup I had yep. uh, starred to big time. Um, and then for Michigan offensive line, I think this whole offensive line could get drafted. They're all great. Um, Nugent Henderson are both really good offensive linemen with experience. And then on defense, some guys in the secondary for Michigan, Rod Moore, really good safety, having a good year. And Mike Sancho who's opposite Will Johnson, who gets targeted a fuck ton. He has five interceptions this year. Yeah, so that Sandstrill guy was that was another big. I think my biggest uh, matchup of the game. That's my second biggest one. I think him versus Agbuka and Marvin Harrison in the slot in particular. It's gonna be really curious to see if they let him go up on Marvin Harrison just because he's a little bit undersized. I think he's listed at five ten. I've seen some places five nine. But that being said, he I think he had two picks last week, and he's really good at jumping underneath those uh those routes and zone coverage. And that's where McCord, I think is at his weakest. He doesn't, sometimes he just doesn't see those guys underneath. So I think McCord's going to have to identify him just because of his ball hawking ability and turnovers in this game are going to be just, I can't even say how important they're going to be. They're going to be fucking astronomical. You cannot give the other team extra possessions in this one. For right. Sure. We didn't even mention the linebackers in this game, who I think are going to be very important. Like you said, that ground and pound Liam Eikenberg for, for Ohio Tommy, State. Tommy, they- Tommy. 
Tommy Eichenberg, excuse me. Um, and then Junior Colson and Michael Barrett for Michigan are both going to be extremely important. I, I have to assume that all 32 teams in the NFL are going to be at this game in some capacity. Yeah, you'd have to, you'd have to assume. Look, dude, the amount of people we just read off, and I think we're still missing people. I mean, Lathan I, we Ransom, are. Lathan Ransom, we didn't touch on. Yeah, we didn't oh, he's, really touch he's, on. He's injured, right? Yeah, he's injured. But st- I mean, I I, Jordan, crazy. Jordan, Han- Jordan Hancock. Uh, the two edges we really didn't even talk about too much. So there's just so much fucking talent in this game. Unbelievable. It's going to be awesome. Looking forward to it. Um, let's go to our third game. Got Texas A&M going to number 15 LSU. LSU on Bovada right now is a, an 11 and a half point favorite. Um, the season has kind of been up and down for, for Texas A&M. And obviously Jimbo is gone now. Um, so curious to see what happens there. I think I started with the the two wide receivers, and I Smith and and Moose Muhammad, who we mentioned last week in our ten burning questions, as a guy that's kind of fallen in your ranking. So curious to see what he does. He had a massive uh, one handed catch and then hurdle last week. So nice, nice to see him get a nice play there. And then I'm, I'm- also looking at um, two offensive linemen for for Texas A&M. Trey Zoon, who's had an up and down year, is redshirt sophomore. But he's physically gifted, 6'7", 315, moves really well. And then Bryce Foster, who's a massive center, 6'5", 330. He's got long arms, could, I think, also play guard at the next level. Yeah, I mean, just on Moose, I mean, I love his talent, too. Just the fact that he just was not featured in this offense at all is really questionable. So I'm curious to see. I heard some places think, like, say, speculate, rather, that he may just come out. I feel like if he has an extra year of eligibility, though, he'd be um, – well, like just be wise to go use it. I, I mentioned it last week, I think, but Penn State would be a really good spot landing spot for him. I feel like. Oh my god, that would be incredible. Speak it, speak it into existence. Um, who are some other guys that you're looking at? I mean, I think the biggest matchup for me, I, I'm Jaden Daniels. Obviously, already accepted his in, uh, senior bowl invite, and he's a, I think, a Heisman favorite. I saw as of now. Yep. And then versus the linebacker for Texas A&M, Edrin Cooper. I think he's going to be play an integral, integral part in uh, slowing Jaden Daniels down in particular uh, on the ground, just because that length, he is a true uh, just run and hit linebacker right now. He's 6'3", 230. He's got super long arms. So I think his ability to spy and keep Jaden Daniels just as a passer in particular. Uh, and also with Edron Cooper, he's at seven sacks too. So he's a good pass rusher. So he can affect the game in both ways. And then another one, um, McKinley, my uh, McKinley Jackson, the defensive tackle. I'm a really big fan of him. I think he, He's at like three sacks, five and a half tackles for loss on that super deep defensive line for AM. So he's a senior. I think he's going to be coming out after this season. I think a big showing for him. Uh, just his effort, his length, I really like, even though he's a little shorter. So he's an, a prospect I'm really looking forward to seeing in this game. Yeah, I love Edron Cooper. who's a guy I mentioned a couple weeks ago in one of our prospect highlights. I think that guy's made a ton of money this season um, for Texas AM. You loved McKinley Jackson coming out during the summer his counterpart Shamar Turner's also had had a good season so looking for him to uh have a big day against this LSU offensive line um obviously everybody knows neighbors Brian Thomas balling out this year with Daniels um some guys on the offensive line for LSU Miles Frazier at 6'6 335 is interesting um he's got pretty good feet only has five pressures allowed this year um and then on defense Mason Smith physically gifted uh, interior defensive lineman hasn't had the best season him and Leonard Taylor are kind of those traits over production right now so those guys will be very interesting come draft time unfortunately Mikai Wingo is all is has been banged up so not going to get to see him 
well, I just want to go back to Jane Daniels really quick because as I've been formulating my big boards um, and trying to start getting a little deeper into scouting, I think he's arguably the most interesting evaluation of anybody in this draft this year. I don't know how you feel about that. I feel like his range of outcomes are so there's so much variance. I feel like I could see people talking themselves into him being a first round quarterback. So I haven't been able to dive into the tape on him, but he's everything that uh, NFL evaluators like nowadays. I mean, he's got the dual threat ability. He's going to very well could win a Heisman trophy this year. And he's played just an absolute ton of fucking football. He's been starting since he was a freshman at Arizona state. So he's had to learn multiple offenses. He's got the production on the field and he's just been constantly improving even from these last two years, like last year to now, he's just a different player. So way better. I do think he's the type of player that NFL evaluators will love. Uh, I had someone, I heard someone compare his, his rise, like kind of like Deshaun Watson, where mm. they, Deshaun Watson wasn't like supposed to be a, a first round lock before, before the season ended. And then he ended up becoming that top 10 pick. So I heard that, which I don't know if I'm going to buy that right now, but would I be overly surprised if throughout the draft process, that's what happened? Not really. Right. Like Bo Nix is a guy that I kind of like coming out and like, what does Jaden Dan? What does Bo Nix do better than Jaden Daniels right now? Um, and I think I think a lot of people are talking Bo, like Bo Nix is pretty much a lock to go in the first round in some capacity. I mean, I don't know if I, buy, I don't, I'm not sure if I'm buying that either. Um, it's such a long process to to the, uh, the finish line. I think the only the only first round locks, if I'm being honest, I think are uh, uh, Drake May and Caleb Williams. I don't think there's any other first round locks necessarily. Maybe Penix. I think Penix has kind of played it. I think the health of Penix over these last two years, he played himself into the first round just yeah, but with you, that. But who knows what the medicals The medical is going to be so interesting. You're right. Who knows? And right. then J.J. McCarthy, if he comes out, I think he'll end up being a first-round pick as well. But we've talked about it a lot. I don't know how – I don't know if he will. I mean, I guess it really depends on what other investigations happen into this Michigan program where if he feels that he's got to go just because of the sanctions and whatnot, he's got to go. But – I think I can so see if they're if like the, the investigation's over and they do not make the playoffs or win it all, I can see him coming back for another go around. Yeah, be really interesting. All right, let's get to our last game, number four, Florida State, a six and a half point favorite right now on Bovada, playing Florida this week. I think most of the talent, and most of the prospects we're going to be looking at are on the Florida State side, especially that offense. Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson, those wide receivers have been great all season. Trey Benson, the running back, and Jaheim Bell. Um, who are some guys that you're looking at in this uh, in this game? I mean, I think Trey Benson's going to need to be massive in this game, obviously, with Jordan Travis going down. But I also think Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson are going to obviously they're going to get a ton of looks just because of their size and their 50-50 ball ability. I think this is a big Keon Coleman game. I think they're they're just going to throw throw like three or four up to him and just see what happens because his open get it ability is probably the best in the country right now. Uh, and then I guess on the other side to counter that, just with the backup quarterback playing. I think this is a big Princely game. I think Princely's going to have to show up oh, yeah. big time and make a big impact. Just A, for draft status, I mean, obviously, but B, just for them to win this game and be bowl eligible. Because if they don't win, they're not going to a bowl game. So this is going to be massive. Yeah, I love Princely. He was a guy I really liked over summer. And I think a lot of things I wanted him to get better at, he has. He's added strength. He's added size. Worked on his hand placement. 
top 20 in pressures this year, 22% pass rush win rate. It's been great this year. Um, Jason Marshall is a cornerback that we mentioned um, also in our 10 burning questions, the guy who's kind of fallen. He's going to be tested <laughs> this week a ton with with uh, with Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson. So hopefully he plays well. A um, couple other guys for Florida State defensively. Obviously, Jared versus has been the mainstay. Will be a first round pick this year. Um, I'm looking at Fabian Levette also 6'4", 320. Great run stuffing D lineman who will be on showcase against this Florida run game. So looking out for him. Um, and then for Florida, Dylan's favorite player, Ricky Pearsall, will be uh, will be key for their offense for sure. Yeah, his his uh, ability to track the deep ball and stretch the defense, I think, is going to be big because uh, what's oh my god, why am I blanking on the backup quarterback's name? It's the same thing as the USC kid from a few years ago. Oh my god, I thought it was the same person, and the guy who I was thinking of was twenty eight. Now I got to look it up. <laughs> who are you talking about? Uh, for Florida Max, State, Ma- uh, Max Brown. No, oh. uh, Florida. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, dude, is, I'm like, is this guy from USC? And Dylan's like, I don't think so. I looked it up, and Max Brown's like 28 now. So different Max Brown all entirely, but he's got a really strong arm. So I think uh, in order to keep this Florida State defense honest and off that run game, you're going to have to take a couple of big shots to uh, Ricky for sure. Right. All right, my man. It's going to be a fun week. Good luck. Give me a score prediction for Ohio State, Michigan. Um, Good guys, 20. Bad guys, 13. Oh, and before we end this, before we end this, did you see that fucking scumbag Harbaugh's uh, pregame yeah. press conference? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, fuck that guy. I think there's I I, I want to see a pregame fight and I want to see a halftime fight. Just I kind of love how they're playing victim. It's so fucking oh god. It, it's it's pretty it's pretty hilarious the spin zone that Michigan's doing right now. He's such a scumbag. I can't wait for him to go run to the NFL after the season. I really can't. Chicago. I mean, I think that they're probably the favorites, right? I. Would assume so. Matt Eberflus just had a game Sucks. locked up for a win last week and then lost. Oh, shit. They're pathetic. All right, my man. That's going to wrap it up for us here on Between Two Tackles. Hopefully you enjoyed our Week 13 prospect evaluation for Rivalry Week. Hopefully uh, Ray comes out on the right side of this one. As always, please rate and subscribe to the pod and follow our Twitter at Two Tackles with the number two. You can also find us on underdogpodcast.com. And stick with us as we head towards this 2024 NFL draft. Ray, my friend, appreciate you, and good luck. OH.